This is Chaos Cast, the Chaos Community Podcast, where we share use cases and experiences with measuring open source community health, elevating conversations about metrics, analytics, and software from the Community Health Analytics Open Source Software, or short Chaos Project, to wherever you like to listen. Welcome to this episode. This podcast is sponsored by our friends at Sustain, a community of open source enthusiasts and professionals that care about the future of open source. Learn more at sustainoss.org. Today's episode is our anniversary episode because the podcast launched last year. And to talk about how has the podcast evolved and then also how has the Chaos Project evolved, we have five representatives from the Chaos Project to talk about this. From the first episode, we have back today, Don Foster. Hi, I'm Don Foster. I am Director of Open Source Community Strategy within VMware's Open Source Program Office. I am a governing board member and maintainer for the Chaos Project. And I'm active mostly in our common metrics working group, as well as our diversity and inclusion working group. Welcome, Don. Matt German Prey. Hey, everybody. I'm Matt German Prey. I am a professor at the University of Nebraska Omaha in the College of Information Science and Technology. I am one of the co founders of the Chaos Project and longtime board member. And I like to help out within the Chaos Project wherever I can. Welcome, Matt. I'm myself, Garrick Link. Hi, everyone. I'm one of the co-founders of the Chaos Project, co-lead of the governing board. I helped start many of the working groups. I'm still active in the ecosystem working group and then pop in on time and time again on the others to see what's going on. And then really the podcast is where my heart is and where I dedicate a lot of work. And Outside of chaos, I work at Biturgia as the director of sales to bring metrics and insights to companies and foundations and projects. And I recently picked up the leadership for the community advisory group at the IEEE SA Open platform. And today we have two guests that weren't on the first episode, but we are super excited to have them here and help us understand how things have evolved over the last year. First, Sofia Vargas. Hi, uh, Sofia Vargas. I'm a program manager in Google's open source programs office, focusing on research and operations. And I've been following the Chaos Project since about 2018, but started joining working groups in the last six months and have been mainly working with the risk working group talking about frameworks and metrics to measure dependencies across contexts and use cases. Welcome, Sophia. And then our fearless community manager, Elizabeth Barron. Well, I don't know about fearless, but <laughs> hi, everyone. I'm Elizabeth. It's great to be here. I'm really excited. This is my first time on Chaos Cast, so I'm very excited about that. I am the community manager here at Chaos. I've been in open source a really long time, but I'm really happy to have landed here. I feel very fortunate to be part of this wonderful team of people. And outside of Chaos, I am a nature photographer, so something not in tech at all, but that's what I do. So it's super fun. Yeah, that's it. That's me. Awesome. Welcome, Elizabeth. I can 
speak for myself and hopefully for many others. It's been great having you on the team and supporting Chaos. You're very kind. Thank you. Of course. And so I think we have a really great representation from across the Chaos Project here today. So let's dive in. So maybe I'll start and Georg, I'm looking at you. So you really kicked off the podcast a year ago. Could you talk a little bit about why you wanted to start this project? Yeah, certainly. The idea for the podcast came from wanting to share stories about metrics, analytics, and open source project health. And I can recommend to go back to episodes number one and five to hear about when we started it and what we were thinking at the time. But in short, we started Chaos to establish a baseline for us to think about community health and metrics and have some shared definitions. But it was always that there's a lot of context around these metrics. And we were thinking about how do we share those uh, contexts? We were thinking about blog posts. We were thinking about speaker events. And the podcast where we can just invite someone to talk about their use case, their experience with metrics and community health seemed to be the natural format. And so while we started Chaos in 2017, over time, we got more and more into here's what the metrics are. Let's start talking about how we use them. And then so we started last year, the podcast to do that. Based on starting the podcast last year in 2020, you had some early goals with the podcast. Could you speak a little bit about that? And then kind of building on that, the success that the podcast has had in the last year as well. When we started the podcast, we created a document for here's the strategy. And the goal that we wrote down is this podcast fills a gap in the chaos community by sharing specific use cases for metrics and exploring how metrics are used in different contexts. If you want to read the full document, you can go to the handbook. And I think we've done a pretty decent job at that. We have somehow through the evolution of the podcast come up with three types of episodes. We have some where we talk about metrics that we have an interest in, like we have an episode on vanity metrics, where we just talk amongst ourselves, hey, what are the thoughts on vanity metrics? We have another set of episodes where we talk with mentees. We have Google Summer of Code, we have Google Season of Docs, we have Outreachy participated in and talking with the mentees about their experience and their projects and highlighting their work has been super important. And then my favorite is the third set of episodes where we invite guests to talk about their history, their experience with metrics. And we've been really lucky to have interviewed open source program office managers. We have tool builders. We have different people from universities come and talk about the different areas where they look at community health and the different tools they use, the different metrics they use, because the stories are all very different. One of the things that I've really appreciated about the Chaos podcast is it's been a crazy year 
it's been a very strange year and we haven't had any chaos cons. We haven't had any events. Everything is virtual. And I really appreciate that the Gay Arc has spent so much time along with all of the rest of our panelists and guests and getting some really great content out there that doesn't involve sitting in front of a screen and watching a video. So I personally really appreciate the fact that we have this additional channel, especially given the, the global pandemic and lots of us in lockdown and having a, just a different way to consume information about chaos. One thing that I really enjoy is also finding these stories and finding different people to talk to. When I hear about someone's project, I can invite them. Hey, let's have a conversation. And then I really like the format that we've landed on with panelists. So we bring in different people from the chaos community. It's not just me doing all the podcasts. It's really a community project to bring these stories out and talk about them. And sometimes. What I find super exciting is when that conversation continues in the chaos community and we continue working on something that came up during a podcast. Here's a question for Dawn and Sophia. So I know that you've both participated in the podcasts over the last year, several of them, in fact. So could you speak to maybe one that was particularly interesting to you and Maybe what you learned from that episode, if you'd go <laughs> into your memory. I think actually one of the ones that I really enjoyed doing was the one actually where I wasn't the host, I was more of a guest. And so I got to talk a lot about how we use some of the chaos metrics and some of the tools here at VMware. And so that was really fun to sort of take myself out of the position of being one of the people in the chaos project who's to being one of the people who's consuming the things from the chaos project. And so I found that to be kind of an interesting podcast because it, it did sort of turn the tables on me from being the one asking questions to being the one where people are asking me questions about what I do. And so that was fun. I really like that the podcast is able to provide, again, a real world experience around a lot of concepts and measurements that we try to articulate in general. I think the project itself tries to say, how will we measure this thing? given all cases and all variants that could be in measurement and in the data. And say in the risk working group, we've been talking a lot about dependencies. And a couple of weeks ago, we were all able to speak to Emil Weres from Debrict about the model that they've built around open source software, supply chain, vulnerability, dependency, and risk management. And it was really interesting just to hear about how they have implemented a solution and the kinds of metrics and specific contexts that their customers are interested in. So for me, that was a nice connection between the problems that we've been trying to discuss in general about measuring dependencies and how to provide that in categories and around what kinds of contexts and to hear how someone did it specifically provides a little bit more a realistic approach to what we're trying to accomplish with the chaos projects. It's kind of sometimes can be hard to move from an overly general scenario to a highly specific implementation. And so I think for me, I really enjoy the, how the podcast can bring in real world scenarios and how these things are actually implemented and realized for users and customers. I'd like to add on to this 
personally, if I could too. So one of the podcasts for me was when we had a chance to talk about the DEI event badging program, and we got to speak with event organizers who have gone through the process of having their events badged. And to your points, it was really great to see what can otherwise feel like ungrounded work sometimes really start having this positive impact for others and getting to hear their perspective on the badging program was awesome because it allowed us as those who were trying to working to deploy the program to really kind of get the other side like what were the complexities what were the things that could be improved what are the things that we aren't asking that events are doing so it really allowed us to kind of connect our work into this very applied context that was awesome the episode matt about the dei batch uh, i think this is a great teaser because we will release this after this episode so everyone stay tuned and subscribe to this podcast so that you don't miss this exciting upcoming episode Elizabeth, I want to ask you a question as the community manager. Can you talk a little bit about the impact that you've seen with the podcast on the community as a whole? How do you see it benefiting the community? So not to repeat what everyone else has said, but I think it really does bring it to a level at which it's more digestible. I mean, it's more concrete than just this abstract ideas floating around. To Sophia's point earlier, or maybe Don, your point, I don't recall now, but it gives the community a different way of interacting with us, even though it's a one-sided interaction, I think it's a different way of them consuming what we're doing here. So if you can't make the meetings, if you forget to check YouTube for the recordings, or if you're not part of the mailing list, like this is just one more outlet for people to learn about us and to, to connect. So I think it has been a great thing for the community to just have those stories. And to Georg's point earlier, because it is such a different variety of users who are using the metrics. It speaks to a greater audience than some of our working groups who are very specific to one certain topic or one certain idea. So yeah, I think it just brings it to a lot more people. I feel like I want to expound on that in one way where it's not just bringing it to more people, but it's also able to show the diversity in which metrics are important and applicable. I think it's sort of this fairly broad concept that can be applied in almost any industry in any context. And even with the specifics of open source community health and project health, which should ground it, there's still an incredible variety of individuals, people, roles, and functions that can find value out of understanding how to measure something. Even if the measurements that I would choose or John or Elizabeth would choose wouldn't necessarily be the same because our goals are different. But it gives us some element of commonality to understand what's important across all these different kinds of perspectives. So I think the podcast has also been able to highlight that diversity and interest and applicability for this kind of use of metrics and what metrics can enable for different kinds of functions. I was just going to add on to that and just say on a personal note, when I was kind of deciding if Chaos was a community that I wanted to join. I listened to the very first podcast and I was blown away with just how approachable and friendly everyone was. And I just really appreciated the insight around metrics and it really spoke to me. So I think that was the, the sealed the deal. I, <laughs> so I definitely want to be a part of this community because 
I really enjoyed listening to that. So I just want to thank you all. For those of you who are on that first one, you're probably the biggest reason that I'm here. So thank you. Oh, that's great to hear. Thank you, Elizabeth. Uh And I think that actually helps segue into the question I had for Georg. And maybe you can talk a little bit about the relationship you see between the podcast and the chaos community moving into the future. So what do you see as the future of the podcast and with that kind of the future of the chaos community? So with the trajectory of the chaos project, I think we are becoming more and more sophisticated. And so what I see the podcast provides is a repository of knowledge where someone who wants to come to the chaos project can catch up to where we are. And it's a nice way of getting up to speed. We just had an example last week where someone wrote us as podcast hosts saying, hey, I've been listening to a couple of episodes and I really like what's going on here because I'm doing metrics as well. But there's this question I have about vanity metrics because we do this other thing. And I was able to say, hey, let's discuss this in the chaos community. And so we got a message on the mailing list and we had several people from the community chime in and have that conversation, which to me is very much a success for the podcast to spark conversations. And I hope we can do this more in the future. And then also to take those success stories that others have had with engaging in the chaos project, they learned something, implemented metrics, and then we can have an episode about it celebrating that success and then sharing it with others so we can learn from it again and improve how we do metrics individually and as a whole across the open source ecosystem. You know, I'll say listening to everybody talk kind of as these podcasts go, it makes me reflect on things, which is cool. And as Don pointed out, right, obviously 2020 was a strange year and we didn't have a chance to really meet as a community. And the podcasts, if I think about it, really helped me remember that there's a community of people beyond the folks that I see on a day-to-day basis in the working groups. Something that I think we were seeing in prior years with chaos cons and our events just at whatever open source summit North America or the membership summit or whatever it might be. And so the podcast really helped me remember that there's a community of people that care about this work. That's more than just the people I see again, day to day. So that's really nice. And for me, the future, I am totally thinking about this on the fly, but the future is going to be, how do we think about the community that is represented through the podcast, as well as the community that is represented through chaos cons, because those will happen again and OSS, whatever the summits. And then how those two kind of go together. And I don't know that I have a great answer, but it's a really interesting thing to think about. So I have a question for all of you then. We've been talking about the podcast and how it has evolved. How do you see the Chaos Project as a whole evolving? And from where we have come the last four years, where are we heading now? I think this has come up throughout this podcast. 
So the chaos project, one of the challenges that we have, and this has been pointed out, I think by Sophia, is that a lot of the metrics that we have and the tooling can be contextualized in so many different ways. And so the chaos community has a kind of this funny spot of articulating metrics and articulating tooling, but at some point that has to be handed off to be contextualized by individuals, by organizations, by projects. And finding where that line is always a challenge, at least it is to me, it's it's not always super clear. And I think for me, the podcast can help kind of reveal those contexts and may provide better insight for us as a community going forward as to to where that line resides or kind of the the range within that line and where that resides and how it can move. So I think that's really important for me. And expanding on that just a little bit, one of the things that I think is important moving into the future is making the work that we do more accessible to more people. And so if you look at recently, some of the work that Paterchi has done around the Cauldron Project, really making it easy for anybody to get up and running really quickly with some basic metrics, along with the community reports that we've been driving as well. So I think we're starting to move into some things that make it a lot easier. And when chaos started, getting the tooling up and running was a huge challenge to even be able to get the metrics. And now I feel like we've moved past that challenge and are now moving forward into into looking at ways that we can make this easier for people and more accessible and anybody can get metrics about their project. And I think that's one of the things that makes, makes chaos kind of special. While open source software today is powering critical infrastructure, the open source ecosystem as a whole is rapidly changing, facing challenges for governance, maintenance, maintainer burnout, funding, marketing, and more. Are you concerned about these things for your open source software too? Well, in the sustained community, we discuss these challenges and share solutions for how to sustain open source in the long haul. We meet once per year in person, and the rest of the time we keep the fire burning in our discourse forum. Join our conversations at sustainoss.org and sustainoss on Twitter. I'm kind of a midway joiner, but I feel like I came into the project when we were hitting an element of broad consensus and language, how to identify sort of the base common metrics and how to implement them with this the tooling that we have and to kind of expand on what others are saying. I really see this sort of next phase as how to support operational efforts in terms of how to put these things to use in folks' own context. And I think for us as the project, we've been realizing that at a certain point, We need to rethink how we organize what we have because it's very much been built around the initial problem of how to provide a common language. So we split off in working groups that were aligned around topic areas where we could focus very specifically on the language, the concepts, and the elements to measure within those contexts. But now that we are looking at the user and the user context, they're not going to approach it from this sort of generalization of how do I talk about something? They're going to say, I have a problem. How do I measure it? And so now we're thinking about how do we organize what we have in a way that aligns to how a user might approach these questions and find these concepts and metrics helpful because it isn't necessarily organized in the same way. And I see that as a natural inflection point in the maturity of the project where we have a substantial body of work that now we're going to have to continue to evolve to make it more applicable to those that would find it useful or be able to implement it in practice. 
Yeah, I would like to see us just strengthen our ties with people who are using these in practice so that we can find what we're not measuring yet and really build those out even more. Find all the little holes that we haven't yet filled. And I would also like to see us facilitate those conversations across users more to kind of be the place where those conversations happen, but we don't necessarily need to run them every time. Like I would like to see us connect people across industries and like minds as well. So I think we could be a really strong facilitator for those types of conversations. I like that point a lot, Elizabeth, because I think that's part of what brought me to the chaos project. And what I found really interesting about the community members within the project is that we have a pretty wide range of people from engineers to researchers, to practitioners, to other kinds of community leaders. And I really like that diversity and participation where maybe we don't completely represent the diversity and distribution across the ecosystem, but we do have quite a diverse composite. And I think that hopefully gives us the ground to start facilitating those cross-function, cross-role discussions, because I think we do have a unique perspective as a project. We're not just one type of person or one type of role. And hopefully that does enable us to have more of a, a broader discussion with people and encourage more of those connections. So I feel fairly positive on our ability to expand in that direction. Yeah, it's one of my favorite things about the, the Chaos Project, actually, is that really anyone can participate in meaningful ways. It doesn't take deep technical skills of a particular type to be able to define some metrics that you might find interesting for, for various projects that you work on. And another area that we've started to move into is translations. So I think maybe someone else can speak more to this, but I know we have translations in the works for both Chinese and Spanish. So just more about making these metrics more accessible to more people. I'll speak to the translation work. It's We're making progress. Translations are hard. They're harder than I think maybe I anticipated or we anticipated. So, But yes, we're trying to broaden the reach of the work that we're doing. I would say that, again, listening to everybody talk, it's very interesting that the translation work at the moment is kind of around that base language. It makes me think we should also think globally about how the metrics are being implemented as well and in different global contexts. Because right now the translations are all just about the metrics, really, just taking the metrics that we have and translating them into Spanish and Chinese. So that's a very interesting to think about as well. I have many things to think about after this podcast. <laughs> I think this is really great hearing where we're headed and what we're currently working on. I want to, since this is a celebration episode of One Year Podcast, I want to take a moment to recognize everyone who is working behind the scenes to make this podcast possible. Elizabeth, thank you for all of your hard work with coordinating with guests, with sending out emails, sending out the calendar invites, making sure that we have this chaos room and then sending out the thank you notes afterwards. I know that's a lot of work and I really appreciate all of the work that you're doing to make this podcast possible. Thank you so much for saying that, Georg. It is selfishly, I'm kind of glad we went, we went to the bi-weekly, <laughs> the bi-weekly format because the weekly format was a little challenging. I won't lie, but, but yeah, no, everyone's wonderful and super easy to work with. So it's not that hard. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, no, thank you so much. And thank you to Dylan Marcy for always publishing these episodes 
and informing us on the mailing list that the next episode is ready. I really appreciate the work that Dylan is doing. And then also Paul Barr from Peachtree Sound, who is the editor who makes all of us sound even better than we sound on the raw recording and puts in the audio, the music and all that. It's really awesome. Thank you, Paul. I know you're listening when you edit this. I also want to thank our sponsor again, Sustain OSS, who stepped up after we started the podcast and our initial sponsor dropped off. So we have a really great partnership here and to cover similar topics. So thank you so much. We really appreciate your support. I also want to thank all of the panelists that come on these podcasts regularly to represent the chaos community. And I'll just name them all. Matt Broberg, Matt Germanpre, Don Foster, Kevin Lombard, Brian Prophet, Don Marty, Nicole Huseman, Daniel Esquerdo, Andrea Gallo, Kate Stewart, Armstrong Fontium, Sophia Vargas, Sean Goggins, and Vinya Logan. Thank you, dear panelists. Really appreciate every time you join us on an episode. And with that, I would like to move over to our last segment of every episode, the value adds, where we talk about something that has added value or meaning to our life. And I can kick this off. Today, I want to highlight a little article that talks about five moves, no gym workouts, that got Matt Damon fighting fit in his 40s. That's the title of the blog post. And I was showing this to my 13-year-old son. And now we're getting up half an hour earlier in the morning to do these five workouts and get into better shape together. So that is my value add for this week. I can go next with mine. So my pick is basically GitHub bots that automate all the things. And specifically, I work a lot with the Kubernetes Prowl tooling, which does a whole bunch of stuff. One of which is it has a bot that makes interacting with PRs and issues so much easier. And it's something I've been doing within Kubernetes community, Knative community, a bunch of other communities over the past few years and not really thought about. And it, it came up in, in a call and we were talking about how sophisticated these bots are. And I had just sort of taken them for granted. And so I started really thinking about how helpful they are when it comes to just the whole process of taking a, like a pull request from initially creating it all the way through merging it. And so I just, I just wanted to express my love for, for the bots. The back channel conversation here is that I informed Don, I independently had thought of the project Prow and it, from a different perspective as an analyst, I'm always looking for new sources of data and information. What can we learn about an existing system from a source we haven't explored yet? And one of the things that we've been discussing is something like Prow because of the visibility of events and event types that it has across the Kubernetes project that it in fact could be yet another source of information uh, to learn more about activities and dynamics happening in real time within the project. But given that that was Don's focus, I'll, I'll throw in another one there. Another fun new data source that I learned about this past week was called World of Code, which I hadn't heard of before, but has been somewhat popular in some recent research papers because it's, it presents a database that connects 
code, blobs, and other kinds of information around projects, documentation, execution files. I mean, it connects it to commits, it connects it to projects and repositories across not just GitHub, but also GitLab, Bitbucket, and other source code hosting sites. And it just has provided a fairly comprehensive set of information that can connect all of these different pieces together, but also provide the ability to isolate and investigate individual effects of, say, code transformations year over year without it being subject to different kinds of projects. And you can look at that independently. You can look at that, say, the evolution of a code block over time and the kinds of commits that yielded those changes. And so I think it's a really interesting and rich repository. And I just want to know more. So for the researchers out there looking for more kinds of comprehensive data sets, I would recommend looking at World of Code and seeing what you can learn from it. My pick is a little different than Sophia's. It's not quite as helpful, but I'm going to, it's my pick anyway. It's a Twitter account that I highly recommend called Place Where Cat Shouldn't Be. And it's, the link will be in the show notes and it will completely cleanse your timeline every time you refresh Twitter. They also have an Instagram account, which I just learned about. So it's just random pictures of cats in random places and it will absolutely make you smile unless you're dead inside and then it won't. But <laughs> for most people, it will make you smile. So that's my pick. All right, well, I'll go. The timing will be off with this podcast, but it is Merle mushroom hunting time and they can be found in the Hudson River Valley. They can be found in the Ohio River Valley. They can be found in the Missouri River Valley and they can be found in the UK, Don. So just a few little things, right? You're gonna wanna look for soil temperature around 50 Fahrenheit or 10 Celsius. And you're going to want to always kind of look for dead trees. So dead cherry trees, dead cottonwoods, and dead elms are typically what you're looking for. And surprisingly to many people, they can grow in extremely sandy soils. So most people would think that mushrooms need to grow in kind of these like boggy, swampy areas. But they do quite well in very well-drained sandy soils. So if you're an outdoor forager, April, May is the time to get outside. I will just add fungus are some of my favorite things to take pictures of. I always look for them when I'm out on the trails and I have many mushroom photos. Some are edible, some are not. Some are right good on. for you, but fantastic <laughs> tips. And I have to say, I grew up mushroom hunting morel mushrooms as a kid when I lived on the farm in Ohio in the woods right behind our house. And I had no idea that they grew in the UK. This is new news for me. <laughs> yeah, I just looked it up to double check you. And, and they do. <laughs> I'm glad. I love that you did not trust him. I love that so much. I, don't, I wouldn't trust him either. Called <laughs> out on the podcast. <laughs> well... It is time to say thank you. Thank you, Matt, Sophia, Elizabeth, and Don for joining us today for this episode. Thank you, everybody. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. And thank you, dear listener, for joining us today. To stay up to date on future episodes, subscribe for free to this podcast on your favorite podcast app. And look out for that DI events badging episode that Matt mentioned earlier. Share this podcast with your friends and colleagues. If you have ideas for future episode topics or would even like to come on as a guest, please email us podcast at chaos.community. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Until next time, your chaos community. <laughs>